how to start well you know it's just writing i mean here's something important to remember about dialogue every word matters no it doesn't they're vital i want to go to this place that i think it needs to go to the only thing that counts is what you see on the screen i will write like four or five six hours a day and it will be a voice made of ink and rage okay i'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question Welcome to episode 434. Well, I sat down with the Christian author Danny Petrie, author of books like Deadly Shallows and The Shifting Current, along with The Killing Tide, The Crushing Depths, and The Deadly Shallows, some of those among her many series. In this interview, we'll talk about how to prepare yourself as an author, tips on overcoming writer's block, how she does research for her books, what makes her, quote, technically a Christian author in the marketplace, her writing process, and how she writes characters. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. I'm also giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, based on this podcast for free. That's the book and audiobook over at brockswinson.com. I've loved stories since I was a kid, uh, particularly mystery stories. I started out um, reading Murder on the Orient Express when I was eight. Somehow I got a hold of the book and I fell in love with it. And um, it just was powerful to me that you could tell a story that captured your attention. And then I kind of just kept writing stories and notebooks as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And in high school, my it was really cool. They had a creative writing magazine. So I worked with that. I did some, a couple of journalism classes in college, but I knew that wasn't quite the right fit of where I needed to be. And I ended up getting married and having kids and just still love stories. So I went back to school and just took an English lit class, heavy writing lit class, and I fell back in love with it. And so I just started writing manuscripts from that point on. Hmm. And so with fiction, you always have to submit the full manuscript. Is that kind of how it was for you? It was. So I had my full manuscript done and I met my editor at a conference and he asked to see part of it and then he has to see the whole thing so it definitely had to be ready before he was willing to look at it and how at that time when you kind of first got a, an agent and everything i would imagine you were reading a lot of work in the field you wanted to enter what else were you doing to like better prepare yourself a great question so um yes reading a lot uh reading craft books but also attending conferences i found attending conferences to be really helpful um, not only for the learning aspect, but for getting to know people in the industry, it can be really helpful. Um, I met my agent years before I signed with her. And after I sold to my editor and I knew I wanted an agent, I reached out to her. So just having that opportunity to get to know people, continuing your craft, but also kind of learning the publishing world can be really helpful. So imagine once you start to get some some deadlines or expectations, you've kind of got that accountability. But when that stuff's not there and you're just trying to write or figure out the next thing, how do you kind of deal with writer's block or some of those obstacles? Right. So writer's block, I don't plot my books, so I get a lot of writer's block. Sometimes I think if I plotted, it might be easier for me. But um, I usually let it sit for a day or two. Um, I'll go do something else, go for a walk. I'll go to an art museum. I'll watch a couple good movies. I'll try to get something that stirs creativity. Um, and if it 
doesn't pass, I will just sit myself down and force myself to write. I'll uh, do something called writing sprints and I'll work with another author like through Zoom. We'll set a timer for 15 minutes and we just write nonstop and we see how many words we get and then we check with each other and we do it again and again. But having like knowing I just have to keep going usually will bring me out of that writer's block. So you've never really done an outline? Is that kind of what you're saying about plotting? I've never done an outline. No, I have an idea, a general idea, like, oh, it's going to be about cave divers. And, you know, my guy's going to own an adventure outfitting company. And that was about it. And I sat down and started writing. Um, I just, it takes a lot of drafts, but yeah, I've never done an outline. I think I'd be helpful to try sometime, to be honest, but haven't done it yet. <laughs> if you're writing a character and maybe you're not as familiar with that occupation they have, do you go do research? Do you use the, I think some people use the, they write TK and kind of just skip on to the next thing. Do you do some of those tricks as well? Uh, sometimes. Yes. I usually actually reach out to people um, for research um, or I try to research on location. So if one book was set um, part of it in Gettysburg, and I had a forensic anthropologist, so I reached out to colleges, and one forensic anthropologist was super nice and helped me out. My husband and I went to Gettysburg for the day and got a private tour, and I got to ask a lot of questions. And um, so, yeah, I just, I try to do the best I can research-wise, especially with careers. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much to learn. And I found that generally people like to talk about themselves. Some might might say that, well, you've got it. You're a published author. You know, it's going to get published. But early in your career, I imagine you did the same thing. Did you find that most people are open to talk? I did, actually. Yeah, people really are. You know, they like that you're interested in what they're doing. And so they're usually very open, like you said, to, to um, talking with uh, authors and writers who are waiting to be published. Um, I think the fact that you're showing you want to get it right, that, you know, helps them want to help you more. Mm -hmm. And so we originally reached out, some of your work is kind of, you're kind of listed as a Christian author, even though it's kind mm -hmm. of maybe more in the middle. Can you kind of tell mm -hmm. me where you are on the scale, how you ended up with a Christian publisher? Sure. Um, so my first book um, had a pretty strong faith element, and I ended up with uh, Bethany House, which is part of Baker. It's a Christian um family-owned um, publisher. And um, as I've been writing my books, they always say, write whatever level of faith I'm comfortable with. And I've noticed kind of as I've gone along, my faith element is still there, but it's much lighter in scope. Um, I don't ever set out with a theme, oh, I'm going to teach this, or this is the lesson. I just write the story and where the characters land is where they land faith-wise. And so sometimes it's very subtle. Um, sometimes it's a little more based on the characters, but I try to just write the story without thinking specifically about that. So I tend to have um, a good amount of readers who aren't wanting to read Christian fiction, but they enjoy the story. Um, I kind of have both, both Christians and non-Christian readers. And I think like people kind of have, well, I guess like non-Christians uh, may have their own interpretation of what that means. But I mean, if I watch a, a violent Martin Scorsese movie, there's a right. lot of Christianity or Catholicism in there. Yeah. So you see it more so it's like, this is from the character out. You kind of, you kind of wrap it in that scope, I guess. 
Exactly. That's exactly what I do. Yes. I And I agree with you on like Scorsese films. And, you know, there's a lot of films that have, you know, uh, undertone of faith or uh, some ties to the church or different things. And, you know, they just are expressed in different ways. And that's kind of how I try to view it. And there's kind of a difference too of like something that might end up on, and this is more about movies, like a Christian network. It needs to kind mm-hmm. of be GPG. Yeah. Or like, and I'm kind of more versed in movies. So I'm, I'm thinking more mm-hmm. of that. Like Mark Wahlberg had Fathers 2 come out last year. Yes. He, he wanted to reach people, but it was more of an R rating, at least at first, I think. Yes, it was. I watched it actually. It was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. So, yes, I agree. Um, there is a big spectrum of where people fall and and what they're comfortable with and what they enjoy. And um, I think it it really spoke to me in a really strong way watching that movie just to see somebody's faith. But it was you're right. It was an R rated movie. So, you know, I think different movie styles reach different people in different ways. Yeah. Are you writing, I mean, are, is your audience predominantly women? Or are you writing with women in mind? How do you think about maybe the, the avatar reader that you might have? Sure. So I would say I do have male readers. Um, I have some guys that are consistently on my launch teams. Um, so I do have some male readers, but I would say predominantly female. Um, I have readers as young as like, you know, 14, 15, um, all the way up in scope to, you know, 80 year olds that send me notes. So, but I think kind of the, the main age group would be like twenties to 50, somewhere in that area. Um, and I don't specifically write for women, but I do find that most of my readers are women. And so right now you've got a book out called the Delhi shallows, another book called the shifting current available uh-huh. for pre-order. Um, how much are you writing? Like, how do you, how do you kind of balance your day? Do you come up with a book every year? What's your, what's the goal for you? Right. So normally I do a book every year. Um, this year I did, um, I wrote deadly shallows and shifting current within the same year. So that was, that was kind of new for me. Um, but I really enjoyed the process. Um, I tend to write early mornings. I write best. So for example, I'm usually at my desk by six. And I write till lunchtime and then I'm usually done with the creative writing process by then have lunch. And then I do kind of the writing business stuff in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And I try to do that Monday through Friday. If I'm kind of off count page wise or anything like that, I'll pick it up on the weekend. Do you do any tricks to get started? Because it feels like where you're kind of writing without an outline, it would be more Mm -hmm. daunting. At least that's kind of how I would see it. It's very daunting. It's like that blank page. And so it is very, very daunting. Um, I'm very visual. So I will do something like make a Pinterest board of the story things that I know or the characters. Um, I'll go old school and make a collage, um, something that I can visualize. And I'll just start out going, all right, I'm just going to describe this town and just something to get me going because it is, it's very, very daunting. Um, when you sit down and there's that blank page. Yeah. I like the specificity. I heard someone say, if you're, if you tell someone to describe things in a house, it's harder than saying, describe things in the refrigerator. It's to, the more you kind of zone in on something. That's exactly right. That's very true. So I'll try to pick something to zone in on and it'll just kind of start to flow from there. Um, and, you know, or I'll give a scenario. All right. I'm going to have my 
cave diver, he's cave diving. And I'll just, you know, what, what do I think that would be like? And I'll describe it and I'll leave blanks because that's where research is going to come in. If I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, sometimes I will write longhand. I actually usually write my first drafts longhand. Um, and for some reason, it's a little less scary than the computer screen for me. So you write like physically on a notebook or something? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I usually take a legal pad um, and I just go through by hand all the way through um, the first draft. And then I, when I type it in, it's kind of like having a second draft because I'll edit it as I'm typing it in. Um, I've tried a few times to do first drafts on the computer and I think it is that screen staring at me just freaks me out. I think you do a lot of things too. It sounds like writing freehand, writing sprints, you're definitely mm -hmm. separating the editor version of yourself and the writer version of yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So, um, I will overthink things. And so it is trying to get that like inner critic out of my head and sprinting doesn't really allow time for it. And when you're writing longhand, it has a feel of almost like journaling. Like you're not really telling the story. You're not writing a book. You're just telling a story. However, I do say I can, my editor's name is Dave. And I can say I have Dave's voice in my head whenever I write. Because I'll be writing something. I'll go, I don't think Dave's going to like that. Dave's going to say this. So it's very hard to separate from Dave in that instance. But um, the shifting current is actually... Uh, a, the book that follows the deadly shallows, but it's a novella. So um, my publisher was super great and they let me indie publish it. And so I wrote it without anybody's voice in my head. And it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Oh, that's really, that's a really unique position. I think so. Oh. So tell us a little bit if those were not familiar, tell us about like the coastal guardians. That's kind of a, a franchise kind of your writing. Tell us yes. a little more about that. Where did the idea yeah, so, oh. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was like, where did the original idea come from? Absolutely. So I knew I wanted to write a book about military um, in some way. Um, my husband was Navy, so I thought, oh, I'll write the Navy. And then I realized, no, I want it more stateside. My husband and I vacationed down in Wilmington, North Carolina, and the beaches down there a lot. I was like, this would be a really cool setting. I was like, how am I going to do that? Um, Camp Lejeune isn't far from there. So that was a possibility. And then we were out walking and I saw the Coast Guard station. I was like, Ooh, Coast Guard, that could be different. So I started investigating or researching different aspects of the Coast Guard, talked to different Coast Guard members and uh, found out about Coast Guard Investigative Service. So it's like Navy's NCIS, but you don't really hear a ton about it. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring that to life. And so the series follows a um, CGIS team throughout the series and each book focuses on a different team member. Hmm. Where are you based at now? I'm in Maryland. I'm outside of Baltimore. Okay. So you're not far. I actually went to school in Wilmington, so I'm very familiar Did with you? the area. Yeah. Uh, oh, if, wow. you're, if you've ever seen the show Dawson's Creek, that basically is oh. the college that, that all is like the setting down there. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I imagine we don't have to go down this route. But I'd imagine you, some of those vacations might even be tax write-offs if you're kind of. <laughs> yeah. If I'm working. Yep. If I'm researching while I'm there and doing any writing, yes, they, they definitely can be tax write-offs because <laughs> it depends how much I'm writing. If it's a family vacation and we're just chilling out, obviously it wouldn't be, but if I'm going on location to research, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, tell me a little bit more about like, is there a formula to their stories? Does it have to be a love story? Does it have to have a certain amount of thrills and mystery? What kind of makes one of your books unique? Uh, that's a great question. So um, I write romantic suspense for the most part. So it's supposed to be half romance, half suspense. I don't track that. I think I tend to write more so on the suspense side. I love the mystery aspect to it. And I kind of think the two drive each other. Um, but my books are normally known for um, strong uh, heroines, uh, strong female characters, and usually very fast paced. Um, they have sometimes been referred to as thrillers, and I'm not sure they quite fit in the category, but the pacing, I think, is what gives us that. Um, and I tend to write settings that are um, pretty in-depth. So a lot of readers will comment, oh, I live there and you got this right or, you know, things like that. So mm. uh, I try to make the setting come to life as much as I can. I interviewed um, CJ Box recently. He writes the Joe Pickett series. Um, do you, what it's one thing he told me is he basically will put everything into the idea he's working on now. He was just not precious to save something for a later book. Do you well, see things similarly? How do you think about that? That's a great question. I listened to that podcast. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I will actually keep ideas for future books. Um, sometimes ideas just come to me and I will literally put them in the notes section on my phone. It's usually when I'm out about doing something. Um, it could be an idea for a character. It could actually just be a novel name like, oh, that would make a good book title. Mm -hmm. And I'll start to think about what would go with that title, like what the book would be about. So I do save like characters, titles, different things like that. Oh, researching. I find a job I like that I'm not going to be able to write about. Mm -hmm. I'll think about doing that in the future, but like portions of the story or seeing ideas and stuff like that. I don't really plan that for the future. Do you do anything between your books, like high concept ideas? Do you kind of try to sit down and come up with as many weird scenarios as you can? How do you kind of think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I definitely do that. I definitely will sit down between books or when I'm finishing up a book and I have a few weeks before the next stage, like revisions or line edits or whatever come and I'll play with ideas and try to do the high concept, you know, to think what would be unique, what would be different, what people might enjoy, but has a unique twist on it. Um, so, for example, with the Coast Guard series, there are quite a few Coast Guard mysteries, romance, that type of thing. So I went for the investigative service agents. You just don't quite hear about them as much. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, uh, I got a bit called the idea and it was highly recommended for coming up with high concept ideas. So I'm in the process of reading that and, um, trying to stretch myself in that area. Do you see writing like very much as a long game? Do you think you'll be writing 30 years from now? How do you kind of, does, it, does that ever feel daunting or does it feel like it's just the, the next milestone? Um, it's a combination. Um, it does feel like I can't imagine not writing. Like even I said to my husband, even if I didn't have a publisher for whatever reason, I couldn't not write. Like that's just something I naturally do, but thinking about it, Oh, 30 more deadlines or, you know, <laughs> this, this happened 30 more, you know, blank pages. And it does get daunting if I let myself think too far in the future about it. 
do you see a lot of writers will say if they read some of their work from like a decade earlier, it might be a little cringy. Do you see definite growth? What are some some things that you've kind of changed or adapted to as you become more prolific? Uh, I definitely, I, it's funny. I will not listen to my book on audiobook except for a few minutes to hear the narrator because I hear everything I want to change. For some reason, listening to it rather than reading it, I pick up stuff. Um, I definitely feel like all writers improve as they go along because, you know, the more you're practicing, the more you're writing, the more you're improving. But I also still take craft um, classes. I go to seminars. Uh, There's a great seminar that he just did his last in-person one, but Robert McKee has a story seminar Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's three days of story structure, but it was fabulous. And so I feel like I've grown in that particular area just from being at the seminar, um, character growth and, and the depth of character. I I've tried to get better and better at with each book. Um, so I'm always trying to learn some certain aspect and improve in that area um, and then kind of move on to another one and try to grow in that area. I think writers should constantly be learning, um, because it doesn't, there's always something more you can learn. Do you have any advice for the people who maybe stay like stray away from Robert McKee or avoid the hero's journey? I mean, your audience kind of expects these things to happen, but how do you hit those plot points in a creative way? So I, it's interesting. I go to the seminars, but I don't sit down and write according to them. I will kind of take it in and let it just kind of percolate and leave it there. And that way, when I'm writing, it might have a natural flow of it, but I don't sit down and go, oh, okay, this is act one. All right, this is the inciting incident or here the hero's journey and he's going in the unknown world. I think I know those things kind of innately at this point, mm-hmm. but I try not to sit down and like actually track where different things happen because then it feels a little more on the formula side, even though it's, it's really not, it's just a, it's a structure rather than a formula, but I I try not to stick where I'm paying attention specifically to those steps. And, uh, every writer has somebody they resonate with better. I tend to resonate with screenwriters a lot more than I do with, you know, traditional writing craft books, but it might be the opposite for somebody else. Does that mean like you're more interested in plot than getting inside of a character's head? Like, can you kind of elaborate on on that connection with screenwriters? Yes, um, I think I'm very visual. So I see my books kind of as movies going through my head. Um, and so I think learning about screenwriting has helped with my pacing. You don't have a lot of time, you know, in, in a screenplay, it's much shorter. And my first drafts, for whatever reason, look more like a screenplay. They're dialogue Mm. with kind of like almost stage actions. I'll even write like OS, which means off screen. So I'll know what's happening, but it's not going to go in the scene itself. Mm. Um, So I feel like, you know, that I'm, I kind of just gravitate towards that structure a little more. And then I try to go back and really layer in more and flesh things out to add in description and a lot of setting and you know those different aspects that i've kind of left out on the first draft it really helps me like get to know a character i can kind of write descriptions but until i write their voice it's hard to really like how do they think how do they respond and some of those things 
Yeah, you got to kind of watch them across the page and see like, oh, I didn't expect them to react like that. That's a, you know, that's a different direction, but I'm going to follow it. Do you see yourself in these characters? Like, how do you think about when you're writing a character? Um, So when I started out, um, my characters were more like uh, people, like the first series I did is set in Alaska and the two sisters of this family are a lot like my daughters and one of the brothers is a lot like my husband I um, mean it was fun playing with that now I tend to just write characters that just come to mind for me um I I kind of start with a occupation and I think about who would do that occupation and why mm-hmm. you know like somebody is a cave diver who's crazy enough to be a K-diver and do it as a profession? What kind of person would that be? Like, how would they spend their free time? And I learn more about the profession through research and it kind of starts to branch out from there. So I think the biggest thing for me is, is their profession is what helps me get to know the character better. So to kind of go back to when you're interviewing someone about occupation, do you have a list of questions? You just plan for an hour of conversation. What's kind of your approach to that? I try to have questions prepared because I feel like I, you know, I don't want to start talking and then kind of lose my train of thought or waste their time in any way. I feel like I I make up a list of questions and then if they take it kind of a different direction, I just go with it. Um, But I'll, I'll, I'll do research through the internet and books first. So when I go to talk with them, it's more of those deep details that I want instead of asking, okay, what's forensic anthropology you know what do you do i'll i'll go i read this you know could you talk a little bit more about you know x y or z and i think they appreciate that um i and other writers take time to get to know their profession before we ask the deeper questions yeah you're kind of like a couple questions ahead right in the beginning it sounds like yeah You've given a lot of great advice already. If you were kind of starting over today, would you enter the same way? How might you get started? Um, And maybe specifically if you want to write Christian novels. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I would probably honestly start the same way. I I really liked how the direction it went. It took me years, you know, to get published. Um, But looking back, I needed that time to kind of grow as a writer. Um, So Christian fiction, the best thing to do is read books in that uh, field, you know, and read whatever genre or read a lot of genres just to see where you feel like you might fit. Um, read books by different Christian publishers because they're, they're different areas of on the spectrum of where they fall with the faith element. Um, and then there's several really good uh, Christian writing conferences that are kind of across the country. Um, there's American Christian fiction writers, Oregon Christian writers, um, Florida Christian writers were very unique with names. So (laughs) put the name of the state and then Christian writers, but they're great conferences to go and learn specifically um, a lot of craft elements, but also what goes into Christian fiction itself and what makes it different in some aspects than other books. Perfect. Uh, And we'll kind of wrap up here for those who want to find out more, where can they learn more about you or follow you on social? Sure. Um, my website, just dannypetri.com. And um, I'm Facebook is Danny Petri. 
Instagram's author, Danny Petri, but only because I got hacked once and I couldn't use my name again. So I'm pretty much all over the internet. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.